thinking about your next career move in research and development? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that's investing £20 billion in R&D over the next two years. The nation that's home to four of the world's top research universities. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello everyone and welcome back to Unheard. I'm Freddie Sayers. We are now nearly two years into the Russia-Ukraine war, and things seem to have ground down to something like a stalemate. Initially, the shock of the invasion led to a surge in support for President Volodymyr Zelensky. Both at home and abroad, he could pretty much do no wrong. But Ukrainian politics is notoriously cutthroat, and it seems to be back. Criticism of the president and the war at home is on the rise. The last Ukrainian politician we had on this show was called Ina Sovson. She was an MP loyal to the Zelensky project. We are doing something a little bit different today. We're going to talk to someone called Oleksiy Arestovich. He was, in fact, a spokesman for the Zelensky government. He became a household name in Ukraine with his positive nightly briefings on the progress of the war. They called him the therapist-in-chief and at one point his poll ratings were almost as high as the president himself. Since then, he's fallen out with his old boss and has become a fierce critic with plans to run for president himself. He's even left the country fearing he would be arrested if he remained, so he joins us from the United States. I should say this is his first Western interview since turning against the Zelensky project. Mr. Arestovich, welcome to Unheard. Thank you so much. So give us the big picture. It's an extraordinary change of heart from you since the beginning of the war. Take us back to those early months when you were the spokesman for the Zelensky government. At that point, I presume you were a loyal supporter of him and, and thought that the government's approach to the war was, was good? In fact, I'm not, not a, a main cr cr critic of President Zelensky himself. I'm, I'm criticizing the Ukrainian system. Okay. system itself. What, what we say is we call this system from the big letter S, which is mean the corrupted system, which is uh, provide our country like a system who can't win this war in this way if we if we will not change it. I am not in personal war with President Zelensky. I'm criticizing the system and his politics. But so when you were speaking for the government, did you have more confidence in the system then? I was a uh, spokesperson of the office of the president, not of the government. It's a little different one, but but it's, uh, it's yes, for me, this when the war started, was the main motivation was to hold our people, to not be afraid about this invasion and to stay strong for the victory. I'm still in this same position, but I'm a professional military. And I can see what is, the, I've fought more than two years in this war, previous time. And I completely understand 
what we have to do and what we're not doing now right now for win this this war or not for even for lose this war because mr putin it's it's easy to understand to compare in what is mr putin doing now a year and a half here tell take four principal strategical decision which is giving superiority uh, if we compare in with ukrainian position first of all he managed to change this war from the russian ukrainian war like uh, here in uh, in the highest ray uh, frame now it is war for global south with global west and we see like BRICS organizations multiplied this first January New Year and the Saudi Arabia, uh, United Emirates and uh, Iran and, uh, and other countries. The BRICS, that's the, just for yeah, our BRICS, audience, yes. the Brazil, Russia, India, China, yes, yes, South yes. Africa. Yes, they get in, in this organization and says so-called anti-West block, if we spoke, spoke unformally. This changes the frame, give them diplomacy and political abilities that they doesn't have in the beginning of the war when they're all world condemned this invasion. Putin managed to avoid sanctions because of this uh, change in this frame. And this avoiding of sanctions, the system of avoiding of sanctions was the second strategical decision which Putin made. The third part, they, he managed to recruit in his military industry uh, and multiplied the production of this industry for many times. We spoke about Russia has um, could uh, insufficient funds on the cruise missiles, which is a strike in Ukraine, but not. They managed to produce this cruise missiles and uh, like Kinjal, something like this, ballistic missile. And main problem the, in the Kinjal, we found 77 uh, details, which is produced by the United States and other Western countries. So it means the system of uh, avoidance of sanctions getting very properly for them. And the fourth strategical decision, it was to create a system of motivations for Russian people to get in the in the war. 14,000 Russian per Russian records getting every every month to the recruiting centers. And uh, Putin now no, didn't uh, doesn't need mobilization. He didn't need mobilizations because he has a lot of uh, voluntary recruitment, recruitment people, which is completely different with the Ukrainian system. Now we try to provide a huge mobilization as a half of the million personnel, and uh, we we face some some obstacles, serious obstacles with motivations of people, something like that. Do you believe that those four things? mean that he, Russia and Mr. Putin are in a different position now to what they were when you were working for Vladimir Zelensky at the start of the war? Absolutely. They are now in the much better position than, than the war started. In the first two months, we break up this uh, plan of invasion and uh, provide uh, huge losses for Russian elite troops, which is have to make this sh uh, shock and wave operation to hold Ukraine for three days or for one week. And they faced to necessary to change strategy. They manage this. So now just can, to, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but just to be clear, yeah. you believe that Russia's strategy in those early weeks was to try to take the whole of Ukraine? Do yes. you believe that? Because that's... Not whole Ukraine, but this nine directions, the invasion, Kharkov, Kiev, Sumy, Mykolaiv, Odessa, Zaporizhia, Mariupol. The only success they have is they try, they manage to catch Mariupol. And, 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 this, and the fact that they yes. were not successful is a, is a, is credit yes. to Ukraine then for, for repelling them. 
Yes, and but we we repelling and uh, throughout the from the north of this our country from the Kiev, Sum and Kharkiv region as another one, Chernigiv. But now they change this after this four strategical moves. They change the strategy, and now it looks quite successful. If we see on the main goals of Russian policy, not for the winning of Divka, which they can't to do, but for the, this suppression they moved on Ukrainian on uh, on the West, and this changes and allies links which they built with the anti anti colonial narrative with the global source this looks quite successful for us for me for ukraine why i criticize mr zelensky policy and our system how our system works mostly it's touched this last two points first of all is the system of motivation for our people to fight and the military production and industry we completely understand we, can, we can't compare in with russia because it's a huge country with a lot of resources but we do not do necessary what we can to do mm. today we have um just ukraine, b- we have before a- we get into what yeah. ukraine should do just elaborate for us a little bit what do you think happens next if there is no change to the system. Do you suggest that Russia will make further territorial gains inside Ukraine, or do you think it will be fixed at roughly the the front that it is at the moment? Or what's your prediction for what happens next? I don't, I don't think the, our most dangerous is losing more territory. Our most dangerous is losing a waste of Western support. Now in the United States to deep involved in the system of making decision for military, Ukrainian military and financial aid. And I found this very, very dangerous and non-stable position because Americans, both Democrats, both Republicans, is in the very heavy ideological conflict about Ukrainian question and other type of question, which is which is linked to president's election in the United States. And I completely understand how it's fragile. Uh, the question of Ukrainian assistance. So, so what and, happens to Ukraine then if? American support falls away, either through a change of administration or because the current administration loses enthusiasm. So the stopping of financial, it's mean the macro we lost the macroeconomical stability. It means the social social payment, pensions and something like this to provide social social aid for our people. And it's mean we have to start to insufficient our gold and currency depots, uh, our national bank. It's mean the grievance which is getting an inflations. And uh, for it's a, in front line, it's mean we start to lose the territory because Russians still have a superiority in artillery shells, a number of shells, rockets and something like this, personal, armored Korea tanks and so, that's all. And it's mean this we have to two main Forces which has start to damage the the building of Ukrainian mm, statement. It's interior problems and the uh, Russian suppression. It's a very dangerous situation. So you think it's a sort of twin threat? Then there would be in, internal fragility, maybe economic turmoil, people not getting their support payments, and then that would lead to territorial losses as well. Absolutely. And for me, if we're thinking in the power, in the way of the power, it's meant to a legacy of the uh, legitimation of the, of the our power, power of President Zelensky and his political party start to get down. It's another dangerous step because in the war, the power have to government have to create a not unpopular decision 
like immobilization, like uh, financial uh, cutting or something like this. And it could be provided when you have a great legitimations. If you have low legitimations, it's very difficult to provide even popular decision. Unpopular, it's more, more, more and more um, difficult. How soon do you think this crisis point might come? It's completely depend if uh, America and uh, Europe get into the decision about to provide us a financial and military aid. Uh, now uh, we see from Washington here as uh, some positive news. It's, the Republicans and Democrats could make a decisions about the south border of United States, and it's mean they have to make decision about Ukrainian aid. But what kind of aid? What amount of this aid? What part of the will be financial and what part of it will be military of this aid? It's non-asked question still. So if we, it's the scenario is, will be worst, I think it will be not immediately collapse of front line or entire Ukrainian situation. I think it will be getting worse and worse half of year, probably. I completely understand, as, as I see, think, the Mr. Putin goal. He had to show United States and Europe, collective West, his main narrative the, the, to provide Ukraine, uh, aid for Ukraine is completely unprofit things. And he want to came for the beginning of the real president company, uh, campaign, campaign in the uh, United States to prove to United States and collective West to cut this, this uh, Ukrainian aid. And uh, to get into the negotiations with us from the very strong position, uh, they need most weakness position for Ukraine and the most strong position for Russia. Just I think for the August or September, and the last last role, uh, last part of rolling of presidential election in the United States. The main uh, main uh, goal for I think to win Mr. Trump here because he strictly believed that Mr. Trump will uh, be more polite with Mr. Putin and suppress Ukraine for 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 the, this some Minsk three agreement something like this. There's a lot of lot of different things there that I just want to take a bit of time to unpack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the first is just to finish on this American aspect. So whether it's the forthcoming election or changing politics, at some point, the level of support that is being provided to Ukraine cannot go on forever. That I think most people would agree with that. So. What is your sort of long-term solution to that? Instead of just trying to get the Americans to extend their support and extend it again, what does a good long-term settlement look like? Self, uh, for my decision is self-evolution for Ukraine. We have to do two things to pro provide more effective, effectively politics, both in social aspects, uh, military aspects, economical aspects, something like this, to fight corruptions and to getting better our partnership abilities with Collective West. Because for me, one of the main mistakes of the President Zelensky, it was hold the, so this emotional policy for like a main argument for West to suppress emotion. After, I think, the Vilnius summits, we, we have to change NATO summit, we have to change this policy. And we have to put calculator between our and collective West and start to think what is the real profit um, cooperation we could done. For the United States, it's mostly is it titanium industry and lithium industry, which is the very interesting in Ukraine, but I see nothing for that. So my main idea 
we had to start to be interesting for the West, not of the spoken of the values or ideas or democracy or something like this, uh, just material profit. What the West could have were from the Ukrainian and West partnership. I mean, industry, agricultural, I mean, what we have to calculate what we could do real profit for the collective I mean, there has been talk that there are a lot of Western corporations already lining up for the reconstruction era. There was a conference about the new reconstructed Ukraine. I think it took place in Switzerland. A lot of big companies were present. Is that not the Zelensky approach, though, to to be attractive to big Western corporations as a kind of home and to ally fully with the West? I thought you had a slightly different kind of approach to the West and were thinking more of Ukraine as a as a halfway house between the, the West and the rest of the world. We have some problems with them because talking about reconstruction is the post-war era. And now we have to hold the war before before this is in, uh, speaking about investment in a post, post-war Ukraine. We, we have some list of wishes on both sides, which is, could be done right now. And I know this uh, is some, first of all, it's a military uh, industry cooperation. It's not only collective West in the, some states of the East Europe, like Poland, like Czech Republic, like Romania and something like this, which completely understand what is Russia, Russian invasions mean. They have the same history and came under the same understanding with Ukraine. We don't, don't know, do enough even for that, even production of military military equipment with the, our near, nearest neighbors. We have a conflict, a custom conflict with Poland, mm. On which the is grain. called our yes, grain absolutely, issue. grain and something like this. And we make a lot of mistakes, which is problematizing our our partnership with this our near nearest neighbors, and with the both with the United States, both with another countries. So it's policy of emotions have to be changed of policy of profit and census. Okay, so I think I, I understand that. So let, let's turn to internal Ukraine politics for a moment. You you mentioned mobilization or conscription, this question of where the fighters are going to come from. I understand that's that's been quite controversial already in Ukraine. What's your view on that? How many people in Ukraine do you think have died? How many more are needed? And where are they going to come from? It's difficult to say how many people died because it's uh, both military and uh, civil civil people. We still do not. Nobody knows how many people died in Mariupol, and the amounts. The sources say it's from 25 to 100 and half people died just in Mariupol. Civilian people. For military, it's difficult to say. I could say we have more than probably like um, one for four. Uh, comparing with Russia, Russia losses, if we count in uh, diet people, uh, and the diet, the action personnel. And so you some, think you think, think four times yeah. as many Russians have died as uh, Ukrainians? Four times have died. Yes, yes, yes. I say it about this, but it's not enough for us to to enough. If it could be said about diet people, it's have to be one to seven. One to four, it's not enough for whole hold the situation. This this is a problem because Russians have superiority in in, in uh, personnel. So is Ukraine running low on troops? No, low on troops. A problem for our mobilization, which is now tried to do, this is when I was in office, I hear them, 4 billion 
four and a half billion men avoid to get into the recruiting center, just not for recruiting, just for checking this personality and personal data. And this means the interior policy, the policy which is um, we motivate our government, motivate people for the war, is not successful because of the four and a half million, it means half of the all adult men population of Ukraine. This is a problem. Now we have to... Sorry, I didn't quite understand. So four and a half million, what, what was the four and a half million? Men of mm. Ukraine, which is a half of the men population of Ukraine, do not want to get in, in the recruiting center to to give their dates. It's not mean right. they will be recruitment. They not even want to check this, this their personal date. Four and a half million people have refused to give their information because it means they, yes, they could yes, be called yes, up to the front. Yes, yes, yes. This is a problem. And now we have to recruit a half of the billion. The project of the, the drift of the law contained mostly the repression uh, motivation, not, not positive motivation for recruitment. I was one of the public speaking person who started to ring the bell about this question. And now the Verkhovna Rada declined this, this draft and start to make a new one, which is have to contain this positive motivation. I don't know what they can't to manage, but but we will see. Okay. Well, what and, you tell me? I mean, now's the opportunity. What is the positive motivation to take up arms and go to the it's, front? It, it's if we, we we could say about principle. It's have to be man man centric person for human human centric person. The, in the in the focus of this motivation system have to be person one person who changed his fate for the get into the war. He have to be well recruitment, well uh, selection, well trained, and well using in the in the front of line. Because our army, in a, most of this, in a lot of aspects, is still Soviet, uh, old Soviet army, which is thinking about personal like Russian thinking, who have to go forward and die. For us, it's completely un suitable system to 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 provide the war because we have a lot less personal than than Russian and we in the different way we we thinking about our people we have to change uh, government system for recruitment we have to change to using people in the just in the uh, armed forces and now it's not human centric well, personal centric system. It's it's effects system uh, and or eight uh, eight centric system. If we need this, I don't know this forest. We have to get get and, and take this forest. I mean, it's, for me, it's quite hard yeah. to see how you have a, a human centric recruitment system to potentially go to your death in a in a yeah, war. Yes. I mean, but. The person who get into the to the army have to understand that he will be he will be selected, train it, and use it most profit way, most profit way, and his family will be completely defend from some some problems like if he die or miss an action or, or he will be wounded. I see. So what you're saying is, if incoming recruits felt confident that they would be used efficiently and felt that the military leadership was more competent, and also that there was greater advantages such as fam maybe increased money for families in case of difficulty, recruitment would be higher. Absolutely, because our people completely, every, for, for every Ukrainians uh, have a relative in the armed forces, so we completely understand what, what is going on. I have to ask one thing, which is that, um, why are you not 
in the front. I mean, you're in America now. I, I guess for people watching back home, they might say it's all very well for him. Why doesn't this, he go this, to the front? This is a good, good big, big problem because they have some criminal investigations against me in Ukraine. And I provide them from there some stupid manners from one of my seminars, which is conducting like my online school, when I say it's about men and women relationship and move to act some stupid men who do, do not look like women's, the Irina Sovsun, you, you have this before, get into me uh, to the national police from criminal investigations, just cut one census, one cent when I when I uh, make in these seminars and says Aristovich is completely against women and he have, he have to be holded. And after that, they collected 29 members of parliament which is from the Tribune of Verkhovna Rada, says Aristovich have to be arrested immediately after he came back in Ukraine. And Secretary of our Security Council says Aristovich not proved, just not proved, Aristovich is a Russian spy and he had to be arrested by security service of Ukraine when they came in Ukraine. So you think it's, so it's a political prosecution? I think it's a completely political prosecution. So I can go, I can get in Ukraine, but I think it's nobody giving me ability to get, get to the armed forces. And just to be so, clear, yeah. to yes. those people who do say you have connections to Russia or you're in some way sympathetic to the Russian side, you have I'm no contact with anyone inside the Russian Federation. No, no, nobody. Only Russian oppositions here in the West. Problem, problem is them. Uh, I'm not Russian, Russian sympathetic. I just want to be a Ukraine to be European nation, a European army. And when I was in office, I was the first person who says not any torture or any any uh, some like sort of uh, things for the Russian prisoners of war. We have to provide a European type war. We have to be European nation, a European army, and this is a lot of person. Who, who get an emotional trauma from the war, and some politicians from Ukraine who try to make a policy on the hate for the for the war of the war, emotional trauma of the war, says Aristovich is pro-Russian politic in Ukraine, which is completely stupid things. I fight with the Russians more than two years on the front line. Could you could you imagine the Russian spy who fighting against Russia Russia troops on the front lines? Something some, some terrible. So it's difficult for me. I want to be in my country and with my country, with my people, because if you you spoke for the people, uh, for your people, and if you criticized both government and, and people, you have to sit in on the same bombs when the Russian provide on the same. But I can't to come back for Ukraine because of this. And uh, and I have two criminal investigations right now. This is a from from my political positions. This is a problem. Okay, I, I understand that. So, if we look at the last year, a lot of what we've been hearing about in the West has been the counteroffensive. It was going to be a spring offensive, and then it became a summer offensive, and then we weren't sure what happened. What is your view of what went wrong there? Were the the goals set by Volodymyr Zelensky the wrong ones? I believe that the full liberation of Crimea is still part of his plan. Uh, what did he get wrong? We have no uh, enough equipment for for this counteroffensive, for this uh, ambitions uh, aims, because without superiority on in artillery and without uh, air superiority or, or enough air support, it's was impossible to get in Crimea. We can do some very profit uh, operative uh, aim like a holding Takmak, 
which is the cross line for the railways, which is the main line of uh, supply of Russian uh, forces on the, in the south, both with the Crimea bridge, because all Russian support just hold on the two lines. It's railway from um, Donetsk to Takmak, and this and the railway uh, from and Crimea railway bridge, and the main the our decision was to cut one of this line. It was enough to collapse to to start to collapse the Russian defense. But we can't move even that. The Takmak stay for the 18 kilometers from us. One uh, one of the main mistake what we do, uh, what we done done. Uh, it was a uh, send a lot of troops for the Bakhmut. First of all, for defense, and first of all, to uh, recapture uh, the Bakhmut, this was a problem. I, I think if we pr- get in these troops on the south front, we could hold the Takmak. And it was a completely enough and successful aim for our counteroffensive. But for the pol- political reasons, because uh, Bakhmut was proclamated like a fortress of Bakhmut, it was a huge uh, motivation project for Office of the President. They sent a lot of troops for the east. And this this troops was not enough for souls from so w- would this you, was a mistake. Would you have let Bakhmut fall much earlier then? Is that is that what you would have done? Yes. No, I think we have to defend Bakhmut for some line. That's it's what profit to insufficient Russian offensive. But what the, when the Bakhmut was surrounded, we're still sending the troops inside of uh, Bakhmut, which is completely unprofit. And then we see this in the comparing the losses from the both sides. When the uh, uh, defense was successful, Russian lost seven, ten personnel from our one. And after they surround the Bakhmut, it start to be one to one. And we still start to send the troops and insufficient our reserves, which which is have to be reused in the front line, in the source front. Just so I'm clear, at the point that it was surrounded, you would have said enough. You think enough? That, yes. And get with, and withdraw and, and and hold the withdraw and hold new line of our defense. In fact, one of the main mistakes is just would not make a strategical fortification for the whole front line like Russians do when they do this the Suravikin line so so call it in the source front we we see what what's happened we we, we just it was a, a completely huge and difficult decision to get in through but we get through and if we make same fortification in our our front line which is start to be preparing year and a half before this moment, I think it will be much be- better and more prove more defense and more stability on the front line for our troops. Okay, because, so, so there's some no. quite specific things there. You have you take issue with the defense of Bakhmut, with the mobilization plan, with the, the way the lines were defended. Big picture, do you think retaking Crimea should be a goal at all of the Ukrainian government? Uh, it's more profit goal than uh, uh, liberate Donbass. Because Donbass, it's uh, near and close for Russia region, which is 10 years under the occupation, and they get in the generation, which is never living in Ukraine. It's like for, for Great Britain, it's like a North Ireland, it's something like this, like all-star problem could be. And for Crimea, it's a question of our and the stability in Black Sea region, 
in a question of our export and import, which is completely and very important for Ukrainian industry, Ukrainian economy. So the Crimea could be and maybe must be a main goal of this conflict, but not Crimea itself, like stability in the Black Sea region which is Russian, try to dominate, try to cut our ex- export and uh, import uh, supply lines. And this is, 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 I think it's a common problem for all Black Sea uh, states. Thinking about your next career move in research and development? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that's investing £20 billion in R&D over the next two years. The nation that's home to four of the world's top research universities. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. So just so I understand, does that mean you think it would be okay to cede the Donbass to Russia? I think we we if we re, uh, get into realistic real real policy, we can we have to say it's no way to liberate Donbass near five, ten, ten years for us, even for Crimea it could be, but we could could get only goal we have right now to do not uh, give Russia ability to seize more territory of Ukraine, to force Russia decline this military way to spoke with Ukraine. I think the main reason, my main idea, that we need not Russian Ukrainian negotiation. We need negotiation in the frame of the all Eastern Europe security or European security. And it could be multiplied negotiations. And we have to make a new system of security in Europe because previous Potsdam Yalta, so-called system, which was created in 1945, do not work at all. Okay, so just I, again, I just want to understand. So you would not support negotiations between Ukraine and Russia now? Yeah, it's absolutely impossible. It's very stupid to to spoke about this negotiation. So we have to spoke about and we have to negotiate for the all new security system for Europe, including real interest of all sides of this of this problem. Because Russia starts this war from the ultimatum, which is uh, says Russia and NATO have to go back to the border of 1990, 1997. 
this is the main problem for Russia. Russia do not feel uh, itself from insecure. And we, we could laugh about this. We could say we never have some aggressive plan against Russia, but Russians think so. And they start, they ready for diet and kill for this security question. So we need a huge negotiation on both sides, all NATO members, all UA members, all neutral states, which is interesting in the security in Europe, to create a new so-called Pazdam Yalta system. Because uh, because alternative, it will be 10 years of war or 15 years of war. Does that mean a different system to NATO? Do you believe that NATO needs to be replaced with a new system? I think the NATO have to discuss with Russia, Belarus, and other sides of this conflict what is real guarantee of not uh, to not using the military force in Europe to decide the political questions and create a new system to decide on political questions. Do not use in the center of the Europe the military power. This is a problem for me. And I even could add, I am absolutely pessimistic of this. I think we face 10 years of war, 10 or 15 in Europe, because the system of, uh, of opposites we have right now, it's a very huge and do not could be decided by the negotiations. But for me, for my conscience, I have to be person who provides this idea openly. And when I will be, will be getting elder at the end of my life, I could say for me, I, I was a person who provided idea of a new system of collective security in Europe, and instead the war, 10 of years of war. So your idea then that you want to be remembered for is, what is it exactly? I mean, a new system, fine, but is it a specifically Eastern European uh, kind of treaty of some kind involving Poland and Baltic countries and all of the countries that border Russia, or what is it? It has to all all actors, Great Britain, Germany, uh, France, United States, all of the, all of NATO and uh, UN UN members, and both Russia, Belarus, and I don't know China, Iran, so called acts of uh, evil, to decide a new. No, what we really need is a new system of collective defense in the world, but at least in, in Eastern Europe, you know. I don't think we have the political ambition and political ability to make this system right now. I think we face a war and Ukraine is will, yeah, will be not one country to fall in this war, I think, next 10, 10 years. Do you think that bilateral negotiations between Ukraine and Russia could have worked earlier in the process. I mean, there's a lot of discussion around those early months, March, April, May of mm. 2020. There were the talks in Istanbul. How I close was a member. You, you were a I, member of that. How I, close I, I were was, they to a deal? Yeah, I was a member of Istanbul process, and it was be it will be it was be most profit agree uh, drift of agreements we we can have. They even closed the two very very dangerous for Ukraine previous agreements, like a Minsk 1 and Minsk 2. And uh, this agreement can contain even the question of Crimea to 10 years of discussion, or 15 years of discussion of current status of Crimea. And that means security for Black Sea region for our export import. So why did it not happen? I, I don't know. Nobody knows. Because we made agreement in uh, Istanbul, came for, back for the Kiev, and after Bucha, 
we heard from president we stopped the negotiations next uh, next meeting have to be in uh, 9 of april and it's uh, 2 or 3 april it's with the third or second april it was declined so the sequence just so i get this clear the sequence is did you go to istanbul yes so you came back with the negotiating Party. Yes, complete, completely. Yes, it was successful. We we opened the champagne bottle, you know, for this because you it actually was actually opened a bottle of champagne in this. Yes, time. because it was completely successful negotiations. When they start the war, they uh, they provide to five, fifth or six uh, attacks on the Kiev, and every every rebuild attacks they get out one of the punct of disagreements. So the demilitarization, denazification, some sort of Russian language, Russian church, and something like this. In the end of the month, it was one question, not decision question, the question of uh, amount of Ukrainian armed force in the peacetime. And the president says, I could decide this question in directly with Mr. Putin. This stability agreement was a protocol of intentions, and it was case completely 90% preparing for the uh, directly meeting with Putin and Zelensky. This was the next step of negotiation. So what, what, what part did Butcher play in that? What, why? What was the sequence, and and how did Butcher derail that process? I really no didn't know. Do, do I know the president was shocked about Butcher. All of us was shocked about Butcher. And I was in Butcher, and the second day of the Russian forces was repelled, and uh, he started thinking how he could could provide negotiations and meet Putin and Putin directly after this. He's completely changed by face when the, he came in Bucha and see what has happened. A lot of people say the Prime Minister Johnson came in Kiev and declined these negotiations with Russia. But I didn't. I don't know exactly. Is it true or false? This I is mean, a problem. the Prime Minister Boris Johnson definitely did come to Kiev yes. at that time. Yes, but he he come to Kiev, but nobody knows uh, except I think Mr. Zelensky and Boris Johnson himself what they spoke about. Because what do you um, think? Do you think Boris Johnson was involved? I don't know. I don't know. I I won't even say yes or not because it's very sensitive questions. Just so I understand, then was it that the troops withdrew and that the horrors of Butcher became visible during that time? They weren't. They didn't actually take place during those days. Is that right? They getting out probably, I don't remember exactly, from the 2nd of the April. And I was in Bucha next day. So you think you think Russia was since The president getting one more day later, so right. it could be sort of 4th of April. And next next meeting have to be in 9 of April. So something happened in these five days. But we are, we are the members of negotiations group was provided by the we stopped the any negotiations when when we, when we ask how it could be uh, getting uh, back so the president says somewhere sometimes not now so he something changed in zelensky's absolutely. mind during that yes. period yeah absolutely and uh, historical have to to make uh, to have uh, to find answer what has happened these five days and do you think russia was sincere that they would have stuck to that negotiation settlement, the intention, as you call it. Do you, do you believe that you could have done that deal with Russia and they would have stuck to that deal? Russians shows their the readiness for still providing negotiations. We decline. We was, was a side which declined this these negotiations. But now, after two, two years ago, I think 
it was unreal to make an agreement this time. The main reason for me is that it's a very easy way for Mr. Putin to change this Russian-Ukrainian war for war against anti-colonial war, against global source against global West. And I think the system of oppositions between West and uh, source is so huge. It's including the question of uh, Israeli-Palestinian war, including the question of Taiwan, it's including a lot of different questions. The speed when the BRICS get in more shows me it's no way to, to make agreement because Russian-Ukrainian war, Russian invasions open the, so that the box of Pandora, which is a lot of huge numbers of problems, which is not, uh, could be insufficient by Ukrainian and Russian agreement. It's more and more highest level of problems. Is it a world war? It's a war. I think it's a world war. It's an, not even war war. I think it's, it looks for me like a third, a thirteen-year war, which is, was in the earlier of seventeenth century. For me, it looks like that in Europe, because the modern start, modern age starts this time, and for me, it's now it's a. If we get in philosophically, speaking philosophically, is the end of the modern era now. And the modern era starts from the 30 years war, 30 years war, and have to be end by the 30 years war. What do you mean by it being the end of the modern era? The modern like um, like um, period of humanity development is it's ending, I think. It's quite philosophical discussion. If you want, we can, can could, could, could... No, no we, we are, this. audience is very interested in this. Just to expand on it a little bit, you you mean that the the last two or three hundred years of peace yes. and development you now think are coming to an end? People, a lot of philosophists uh, speaks about a lot of postmodern era right now. Even uh, it's, it's, this discussion started at the end of the thirties. We know it's an even postmodernist philosophical movement. But I think I have some science, which is means the modern modern is mm, end. I could explain, try to explain one of them, one or two of them. What 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 is modern for me? Modern is a huge factory. It's to to get in all system like education, like health care, like uh, military industry, or like a market, like a huge factories. Now we have a lot of achievements which start to blow up this more, more this factory factory conceptions. First of all, we can say it's artificial intelligence and something like this, but the science science says it's not be no way to standardization of the world. You're saying that the the project of standardizing the world, making everyone similar, yes, is, yes. is coming to an end. Yes, and war is more world is more much more various than than standardization. Mm. And what is the what is the retention from the global source to global west? You couldn't standardize us. We we completely different on you. And you, your way of getting policy, your way of getting security, your way of getting cultural is completely, uh, our way is completely uh, another than yours. And we asking for rights to be another. Your way of standardization is not for us. And we, we, we want to, we, we're ready for, for the war even for this. 
to to be uh, to to fight with you and to for our rights to be different. Do you mean and the me, Do you mean yeah. the culture is culture. different? So people, you think, will be defending their own cultures, being different from each other, and that is the change. Not not even culture. The polit to way to do in policy, to way to do any any human practice. It's a, it's a pretension for another modus vivendi in another modus operandi for the, for this. This is a problem, and they are ready to fight for this by the open open war, which we can, we can see now with, with with Russia. It reminds me a little bit of um, someone I know you were interested in in the past, which is Alexander Dugin. I know you you, you attended a, a conference with him. A, Back in the day, uh, you were associated with the uh, Bratsvo party. There was a kind of far-right or nationalistic movement. Uh, Mr. Dugan has a, a big philosophical idea about Eurasia and wars of civilizations. Do you still have sympathy with his worldview? I never be in sympathy with Mr. Dugan because I was an officer of military intelligence of Ukraine. And, pro and getting my military duty in Moscow when I was sitting with Mr. Dugin on one conference. But I have my, my own philosophical background. And we, see, we can see on the front line right now that some, some cultures like Russian political culture and Chinese political culture, Syrian, Iranian, is completely against the way, way to policy do previous 50, previous 70, and previous 300 years. This is a problem we, we could see now in material way, in the missiles which is getting on the heads of the Russian or the Ukrainian children. This is a main, main this is a main sign, not 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 what is Mr. Dugin says or right. Okay, so so cultures like Russia, like Iran, are so different from the West that they're now prepared to fight for their differences. Yes. Is that what and you're saying? They, they start to fight against the system which was established in the world from this previous 300 years. First of all, it's a so-called Westfall Peace Agreement. And they're fighting against this main principle of the system. So what, is, what about Ukraine in this new world order? Where does it belong? Does it belong with the West? Or does it belong with the non-Western group? My my pro problem of Ukraine and one of the my main idea is was Ukraine still could found itself. Ukraine. Uh, the main question is for what we are living and what for what we are doing for what we are dying. In Ukraine, like a society, like a culture, has a huge numbers of answers on these questions. We are completely very different. The main problem of Ukraine, the some politicals, it's getting more like a more idea to create recreate Ukraine, which is starting 1991 like a polycultural and polynational state. Uh, start, start to transform Ukraine for the mono-ethnic and monocultural country, like in most of European countries, like in Poland. It means a lost territory, which is completely different, which is Russian spokes territory, for example, Rus east of Ukraine, south of Ukraine. And uh, a lot of Ukrainians, this four and a half million of uh, Ukrainians, which is didn't want to get, uh, to be recruited by by the state, they they didn't want to be recruited for this uh, political idea. 
this is a problem because it's not a problem of social contract or not problem of I don't know that the good pension for retired military is questions for the future of Ukraine. I think a lot of Ukrainians do not be want like a part of the project of mono nations. Do you think Ukraine should be one nation? In its no, 90- I don't. I think Ukraine, Ukraine have to be one political nations, but but polyethnical and polycultural, because if we want to t- hold Ukraine in same same borders like in 1991, even officially we have 58 nationalities here in Ukraine, unofficially it's more than 100. A lot of languages, a lot of different cultures, a lot of different histories of the region. Uh, Ukraine is a uh, state which is created from the parts of great huge empire, Austro-Hungarian, German, Polish, and Russian. And we have absolutely different traditions. You could imagine, because for Great Britain, for for Britain, it's easy to understand. It's the same situation like Wales, Scotland, Mm. Ireland, and and Britain. Does that mean you think it should be more of a federation? It could be. It's. I don't know which is could be formed like uh, politically and legally, but but in fact, in philosophical way, we are federation. In fact, because south of Ukraine is completely different than the north of Ukraine, the east of Ukraine is completely different than west of Ukraine, and even neighbor regions in Ukraine have different different tradition of uh, wedding and different tradition of of anything. But why should it? Why sh- why should it try to be one country in that case? This is a question. Now we are practically, practically can't answer on these questions when we see the problem of recruiting. This this problem of mobilization now, it's uh, they enlight all our very deep philosophical and historical problems because people do not get in an army because not about the mostly about the dangers of, of uh, wounded or deaths. They they do not understand answer of the question for what we have to be one country and for what we have to be one state. For what reason we need Ukrainian state? Because a lot of them says, if the, the question state like this, uh, give me ability to get out uh, Ukrainian passport and uh, get in for the Europe or for another country. A lot of these people says. This is the main superiority of Mr. Putin, because Russians' recruitments knows for what they fight. They fight for great Russia, you know. You don't believe then that there is a much stronger Ukrainian nationalism now than there was two years ago, because by report, the fact of the invasion has brought Ukrainian people together. You're saying that has not happened. Ukrainian nationalism is an idea of less than 20% of Ukrainians. And um, what about the remaining 80%? I think the most of them, most of them, their ideas is ideas of multi, multinational and polycultural country. And Mr. Zelensky, when he came in 2019 in the power, they get in just on this idea. They was not articulary uh, spe- spe- specifically, but it's, it's was mean when they say, I have no any difference between the... In the Ukrainian Russian language, probably in Ukraine, some of the Ukrainian language country. All are Ukrainians, but even with spoke different languages. One of the great criticism what has happened in Ukraine last last year, this idea on the emotional trauma of the war, this idea of Ukrainian nationalism, which has divided Ukrainian for the sorts of different people, 
Ukrainian speaking as well. Your Russian speaking is a second sort of the people. It the main dangerous idea and the worse, worse danger, dangerous than Russian uh, military aggressions, because nobody from this 18 percent percent people want to die for the system in the in in which they are the people of the second sort. But you're planning to you're planning to run to be president of Ukraine. How can you run for president if you don't believe that it holds together as a country? Because I I have an idea which is I call it so fifth project, which is for me could united country back, and I, it's a completely specific political program, which is well known in Ukraine. It's mean we have a four political projects in Ukraine: Russian, Soviet, and nationalist, and Euro integration, Euro integration projects. My idea is to collect the best from the all four projects and recreate its so-called fifth project, project, which is main idea of the United of Ukrainians, United to recognize all Ukrainians in our history, in our modernity, in, in our future, like Ukrainians, whatever the language they live, whatever the language speaks, and whatever, whatever culture and tradition they hold, religion, tradition, or something like this. And, and it looks like, very simple, but looks like it's the uh, United States of Ukraine, you know, like mm. this. Yeah, like a, a federal... System. Yes, federal so, system. Do you think, practically, in terms of bringing this back to, you know, reality and military affairs and what the world should do next, having heard what you said about the differences in Ukraine and the Russian-speaking part and the West being so different, is the so-called Kissinger solution, where there is a, some kind of settlement with Russia and Russia takes certain provinces or they're supervised in a certain way and there is a kind of peace deal. Does that look attractive? I don't think so. For me, the price for Ukraine to get in the NATO and United States is a big war with Russia. I say this in, in 2019 openly and it was in our, our media. And I think for price for West to get in Ukraine inside NATO and US, it's a big war with Russia. And collective West do not ready to pay this price. This is a problem. And for me, it's completely, completely unrealistic to be in, for Ukraine to even hope to be a part of European Union and NATO. It's impossible in this real situation. And yet you don't want it to be part of Russia either. And no, I completely uh, in very strong stand on position of independent Ukraine. But this independent Ukraine, for me, have to go the way by Israel, by South Korea, probably, mostly. Then like Azerbaijan, like Turkey, probably not for like um, part of Russia. In no no way, if we be part of Russia and not be a part, in, in, if we be, be could have to be realistic, not part of the NATO and United Nations. It's have to be a neutralized country, strong, with a great, great and uh, deep relationship with with the collective West, because we're part of Europe. We are we are European nation historically, but now it's completely unrealistic, not from our side, from the West side. But your vision then is for Ukraine to be neither part of Russia nor part of the EU or NATO to be have a kind of special status as a, a borderland country that contains many different peoples yes. within it. Yes, and uh, one hand is disadvantageous, and other hand it could be if we will be effective 
and clever, we could use it uh, like um, great advantages, like um, infrastructure and log logistic corridors, like multicultural transformer, you know, that which is, could understand both sides, European, Europe and uh, Russia and uh, Asia countries. Like a translator. They're like a translator, really. We could get an ability, and when we, but we we have to understand the real situation. We have to have to be ambition to get in this role, and we could play, I think, a very important role in the Eastern Europe security. First of all, Eastern Europe logistic, Eastern Europe stability, and for this, well, it's well, it could be perspective aid for all Ukrainian foreign policy. But the foreign policy is completely a mirror of in in uh, interior policy. We have to change uh, in, in, inside ourselves before getting this type of idea for for Europe, for our neighbors. It's been very interesting hearing your program, Mr. Aristovich. Thank you for sharing it. I guess my final question is, if you do get back to Ukraine, and if there is an election, and if you're allowed to run in it, do you think there's any chance you'll win? I don't know, but I have to give a chance to people who believe me. Okay. Alexei Arestovich, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. We will no doubt be criticised for interviewing Alexei Arestovich. Too left, too right. Maybe I was too soft, too hard. He was too critical of Zelensky. Maybe he used to be far right. He's just an opportunist, etc. But I got to tell you, I found that a fascinating discussion. He didn't answer all my questions, but hearing a very different view about that complicated and vast country was new to me. And at the very least, I hope you found it interesting also. My suspicion is that we haven't heard the last from him. Thanks for tuning in. This was Unheard. Thinking about your next career move in research and development? then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that's investing £20 billion in R&D over the next two years. The nation that's home to four of the world's top research universities. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.